Good morning, afternoon, and evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Bloodworth, and this is the No Color Commentary Podcast. The show is meant to inform you guys of news and events happening in the nation with No Color Commentary. And each week, I pull a collection of stories from news outlets and present them to you in full. I don't own these stories and articles. I simply present them to you, the listener who may not have time to read them for yourself due to a busy schedule. Without any further ado, let's get to the stories. Today's first story is from ABC News, written by Hannah Demise, Alina Kim, and Miles Cohen. Latest primaries force Dems into painful matchups and decide DeSantis' opponents. Democrats are trying to keep control of a House remade by the once-a-decade redistricting process. Tuesday will offer perhaps the most visible display of the impact that post-census redistricting has had, especially on their party and the chances of maintaining a mere five-seat majority. Democrats initially saw New York State as an opportunity to wipe out GOP gains elsewhere in the country, but the courts said that they went too far, ruling their maps were unconstitutional and demanding the districts be redrawn. As a result, the New York House races were pushed back two months, putting the primaries on the same date as Florida's, where Governor Ron DeSantis also inserted himself into the state's redistricting process. Proposing a congressional map that experts say was designed to elect as few Democrats to Congress as possible and guarantee a victory for Republicans, Florida's redistricting had legal drama of its own. The new map in New York forced perhaps the most highly anticipated matchup of the primary season. Veteran reps Jerry Nadler and Caroline Maloney are going head-to-head for the chance to represent the new 12th Congressional District with the young progressive challenger, attorney and former Obama staffer Siraj Patel, also in the mix. Nadler and Maloney have largely similar voting records. Nadler has highlighted his work as Judiciary Committee Chairman, leading the committee during Trump's impeachments, while Maloney has chaired the Oversight Committee since 2019. Maloney found herself in hot water earlier this month when she poo-pooed President Joe Biden's stated plan to run for re-election. Maloney eventually walked back the comment, tweeting that she would support Biden if he decides to run again. Biden's leadership, and this is directly from Maloney, Biden's leadership securing historic investments for health care, climate, and economic justice prove once again why he is the strong and effective leader we need right now, end quote. Meanwhile, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, upset progressives with his decision to run in the new 17th district, causing a chain reaction that has other incumbents imperiled, such as freshman Representative Mondaire Jones, who is seeking re-election in the 10th district in what is expected to be a bitter proxy fight between moderate and progressives, and has already drawn grievances from other Democratic members of Congress. In Florida, DeSantis will find out which Democrat he will face on his road to possible re-election, which could then lead to a straight 2024 presidential run. Representative Charlie Crist is seen as the favored candidate to the challenge for DeSantis for the office Crist himself once held as a Republican. But to make it to November, Crist must defeat progressive agricultural commissioner Nikki Freed, his biggest competitor. In the 7th Congressional District, Democratic Representative Stephanie Murphy decided not to seek re-election, which would have been a challenge. A few months after Murphy's announcement, the state legislator tilted her seat bright red, according to the 538. Even though several candidates are running in the GOP primary there, the race comes down to two candidates, Army combat veteran Corey Mills, endorsed by Senator Ted Cruz, and the state representative Anthony Sabatini. And the Senate primary is setting up a battle between GOP incumbent Marco Rubio and Democratic Representative Val Dimmings. Dimmings is expected to win her primary and go head-to-head with Rubio. Unopposed in his primary, 
in the general election. Currently, 538's Senate forecast has Rubio favored to win the seat, keeping it in Republican control. Our second story of the day comes from Reuters. It was written by Tyler Clifford. Jury finds two men guilty of plot to abduct Michigan governor. A jury on Tuesday convicted two men accused of conspiring to trigger a second American revolution by kidnapping Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, handing the U.S. government a victory in its second attempt to prosecute the case. The verdict against Adam Fox, 39, and Barry Croft Jr., 46, comes about four months after a federal judge in Grand Rapids, Michigan, declared a mistrial in the same case. Two other defendants were found not guilty in the first trial. The pair, who the government said were members of the Three Percenters Militia Group, were also found guilty of conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction, an explosive device that prosecutors say the conspirators planned to hinder law enforcement's response to a kidnapping. Croft was guilty on an additional charge of possession of an explosive device. The men faced the possibility of life in prison. In the retrial, prosecutors again used testimony from the FBI informants and two key witnesses who pled guilty to the kidnapping conspiracy charges. The plot was aimed at forcing an end to the Democratic governor's mandates to stop the spread of the coronavirus in the early days of the pandemic, prosecutors contended. By kidnapping the governor and putting her on trial, they said, the men hoped to push the country into open conflict as contentious presidential election approached in November 2020. They wanted to set off a second American Civil War and a second American Revolution, Assistant U.S. Attorney Nils Kessler told jurors during the closing arguments on Monday. They didn't want to just kidnap her, Kessler said, referring to Whitmer. They wanted to execute her. Fox compiled a list of tools, including handcuffs and a hood to cover Whitmer's head for the plot, prosecutors said. Additionally, a makeshift house was built to simulate breaking into the governor's vacation home in northern Michigan and abducting her. The Detroit News reported the prosecution as saying during the trial. In their closing arguments, attorneys for Croft and Fox told jurors that the government's case was entrampant. They said their clients committed no crimes and criticized the use of FBI informants in the case, the Detroit News reported. The FBI should not exist to make people look like terrorists when they aren't, Joshua Blanchard, an attorney for Croft, told jurors. These two are among 13 men who were arrested in October 2020 and charged with state or federal crimes in the alleged kidnapping conspiracy. Seven of them are facing charges in state court. Moving on from there, we have another story. This one was by The Hill, written by Julia Mueller. U.S. urging citizens to leave Ukraine ahead of holiday. The United States Embassy in Ukraine on Tuesday urged U.S. citizens to leave the country, citing intelligence that Russia is ramping up its aggression. The Department of State has information that Russia is stepping up efforts to launch strikes against Ukraine's civilian infrastructure and government facilities in the coming days. The U.S. Embassy urges U.S. citizens to depart Ukraine now using privately available ground transportation options if it is safe to do so, the embassy wrote in an alert. The security situation throughout Ukraine is highly volatile and conditions may deteriorate without warning. U.S. citizens should remain vigilant and take appropriate steps to increase their security awareness. Nearly six months into the Ukraine conflict with no end in sight, concerns of violence have been heightened ahead of Ukraine's Independence Day. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has warned of potential Russian escalation ahead of the August 24th celebration. We should be aware that this week, Russia may try to do something particularly nasty, something particularly cruel, Zelensky said in a recent address. 
The concerns also come in the wake of reports that Russian commentator Daria Dugina, the daughter of a prominent nationalist philosopher, was killed outside Moscow over the weekend. Russia has accused Ukraine of planting the car bomb that killed Dugina, though Ukraine has denied any involvement. Dear Ukrainians, especially these days when we celebrate the day of our flag and the day of our independence, if you are somewhere abroad, please remind about Ukraine there. Be there with the Ukrainian flag and spread the truth about the crimes of the occupiers, Zelensky said Monday. Our final story of the day comes from the Washington Post. It was written by Joseph Min, Elizabeth Dawowskin, and Kat Zarkazewski. Former security chief claims Twitter buried egregious deficiencies. Twitter executives deceived federal regulators and the company's own board of directors about extreme egregious deficiencies in its defenses against hackers, as well as its meager efforts to fight spam, according to an explosive whistleblower complaint from its former security chief. The complaint from a former head of security, Peter Zatkow, a widely admired hacker known as Mudge, depicts Twitter as a chaotic and rudderless company beset by infighting, unable to properly protect its 238 million daily users, including government agencies, heads of state, and other influential public figures. Among the most serious accusations in the complaint, a copy of which was obtained by the Washington Post, is that Twitter violated the terms of an 11-year-old settlement with the Federal Trade Commission by falsely claiming that it had a solid security plan. Zatko's complaint alleges he had warned colleagues that half the company's servers were running out of date and vulnerable software, and that executives withheld dire facts about the number of breaches and lack of protection for user data, instead presenting directors with rosy charts measuring unimportant changes. The complaint, filed last month with the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice, as well as the FTC, says thousands of employees still had wide-ranging and poorly tracked internal access to core company software, a situation that for years had led to embarrassing hacks, including the commandeering of accounts held by such high-profile users as Elon Musk and former Presidents Barack Obama and Donald Trump. In addition, the whistleblower documents alleged that the company prioritized user growth over reducing spam, though unwanted content made the user experience worse. Executives stood to win an individual bonus of as much as $10 million tied to increases in daily users, the complaint asserts, and nothing explicitly for cutting spam. Chief Executive Parag Agrawal was lying when he tweeted in May that the company was, quote, strongly incentivized to detect and remove as much spam as we possibly can, end quote, the complaint alleges. In an interview with The Post, Zatkow described his decision to go public as an extension of his previous work, exposing flaws in the specific pieces of software and broader system, systemic failings in cybersecurity. He was hired at Twitter by former CEO da Jack Dorsey in the late 2020 after a major hack of the company's systems. I felt ethically bound. This is not a light step to take, said Zatko, who was fired by Agrawal in January. He declined to discuss what happened at Twitter except to stand by the formal complaint. Under SEC whistleblower rules, he is entitled to legal protection against retaliation as well as potential monetary rewards. A redacted version of the 84-page filing went to congressional committees. The Post obtained a copy of the disclosure from a senior Democratic aide on Capitol Hill. Zatkow is represented by the nonprofit law firm Whistleblower Aid. The FTC is reviewing the allegations, according to two people familiar with the preliminary inquiry. The Post interviewed more than a dozen current and former employees for this story, many of whom spoke on the condition and anonymity to discuss sensitive 
information. Security and privacy have long been top company-wide priorities at Twitter, said Twitter spokeswoman Rebecca Hahn. She said that Zatkow's alleged allegations appear to be riddled with inaccuracies and that Zatkow, quote, now appears to be unopportunistically seeking to inflict harm on Twitter, its customers, and its shareholders. Han said that Twitter fired Zatkow after 15 months for poor performance and leadership. Han added that Twitter has tightened up security extensively since 2020, that its security practices are within industry standards, and that it has specific rules about who can access company systems. Regarding the allegations about spam and bots, Han said Twitter removes more than a million spam accounts every day, adding up to more than 300 million per year. Twitter pointed to its proxy statements, noting that growing daily users is the smallest of the three factors for earning cash bonuses, along with growing revenue and another financial goal. Han said that Twitter fully stands by its SEC filings and approach to fighting spam. A person familiar with Zach Cow's tenure said the company investigated Zach Cow's security claims during his time there and concluded there were sensationalistic and without merit. Four people familiar with Twitter's efforts to fight spam said the company deploys extensive manual and automated tools to both measure the extent of spam across the service and reduce it. The SEC, DOJ, and FTC declined to comment. The complaint has potential implications for Twitter's legal battle with Musk, who is trying to get out of a $44 billion contract to buy the social media platform. The deal includes a pledge by Twitter that its shareholder filings are accurate, but Musk contends that Twitter has drastically underestimated the number of bots on its platform, a violation that should allow him to walk away without penalty. The dispute is set to go to trial in Delaware Chainsey Court in October. Overall, Zatkow wrote in a February analysis for the company attached as an exhibit to the SEC complaint, quote, Twitter is grossly negligent in several areas of information security. If these problems are not corrected, regulators, media, and users of the platform will be shocked when they inevitably learn about Twitter's severe lack of security basics, end quote. Zach Cow's complaint says strong security should have been much more important to Twitter, which holds vast amounts of sensitive personal data about its users. Twitter has the email addresses and phone numbers of many public figures, as well as dissidents who communicate over the service at great personal risk. This month, an ex-Twitter employee was convicted of using his position at the company to spy on Saudi dissidents and government critics, passing their information to a close, aside of Crown's Prince Mohammed bin Salam in exchange for cash and gifts. Zach Cow's complaint says that he believed the Indian government had forced Twitter to put one of its agents on the payroll with access to user data at the time of intense protests in the country. The complaint said supporting information for that claim has gone to the National Security Division of the Justice Department and the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Another person familiar with the matter agreed that the employee was probably an agent. Senate Intelligence Committee spokeswoman Rachel Cohen said the committee is trying to set up a meeting with Zatkow to discuss the complaint in detail. Quote, take a tech platform that collects massive amounts of user data, combine it with what appears to be an incredibly weak security infrastructure, and infuse it with foreign state actors with an agenda, and you've got a recipe for disaster, end quote. Charles E. Grassley, representative from Iowa, the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, said in a statement. His office has had discussions with Zach Cow about the allegations, quote, the claims I've received from Twitter whistleblower raise serious national security concerns as well as privacy issues, and they must be investigated further, end quote. Many government leaders and other trusted voices use Twitter to spread important messages quickly, so a hijacked account could drive panic or violence. In 2013, a captured Associated Press handed falsely tweeted about explosions at the White House, sending the Dow Jones Industrial Average briefly plunging more than 140 points. 
after a teenager managed to hijack the verified accounts of Obama, then candidate Joe Biden, Musk, and others in 2020, Twitter's chief exec- executive at the time, Jack Dorsey, asked Zach Cow to join him, saying that he could help the world by fixing Twitter's security and improving the public conversation, Zach Cow asserts in the complaint. Like many in technology, Dorsey had admired the hacker's history as a trailblazer, according to the three people familiar with his remarks on the matter. He did not respond to requests for comment. In 1998, Zach Cow had testified to Congress that the internet was so fragile that he and others could take it down with a half hour of concentrated effort. He later then served as the head of cyber grants and the Defense uh, Advanced Research Projects Agency. The Pentagon Innovation Unit had backed the internet's invention. But at Twitter, Zach Cow encountered problems more widespread than he realized and leadership that didn't act on his concerns, according to the complaint. Twitter's difficulties with weak security stretches back more than a decade before Zach Cow's arrival at the company in November 2020. In a pair of 2009 incidents, hackers gained administrative control of the social network, allowing them to reset passwords and access user data. In the first, beginning around January of that year, hackers sent tweets from the accounts of high-profile users, including Fox News and Obama. Several months later, a hacker was able to guess an employee's administrative password after gaining access to similar passwords in their personal email account. That hacker was able to reset at least one user's password and obtain private information about any Twitter user. The FTC investigated and sued Twitter in a case that led to one of the first big privacy consent orders with a tech company. In 2011 settlement, in a 2011 settlement, Twitter agreed to implement, monitor, and adjust security safeguards to protect users. Yet, Twitter continued to suffer high-profile hacks and security violations, including in 2018 when a contact, contract worker briefly took over Trump's account and in the 2020 hack in which a Florida teen tricked Twitter employees and won access to verified accounts. Twitter then said it put additional safeguards into place. A former FTC official who worked on the case said the agency was badly understaffed at the time and that the enforcement division had failed to keep a close eye on multiple companies after reaching privacy settlements, including the one with Twitter. This year, the Justice Department accused Twitter of asking users for their phone numbers in the name of increased security and then using the numbers for marketing. Twitter agreed to pay a $150 million fine for their allegedly breaking the 2011 order, which barred the company from making misrepresentations about the security of personal data. The whistleblower aid complaint includes allegations that suggest that Twitter's security practices were even worse than regulators knew. After Zatko joined the company, he found it hard and made little progress. He found it had made little progress since the 2011 settlement, the complaint says. The complaint alleges that he was able to reduce the backlog of safety cases, including harassment and threats from 1 million to 200,000, add staff and push to measure results. But Zach Cow saw major gaps in what the company was doing to satisfy its obligations to the FCC, according to the complaint. In Zach Cow's interpretation, According to the complaint, the 2011 order required Twitter to implement a software development lifecycle program, a standard process for making sure new code is free of dangerous bugs. The complaint alleges that other employees had been telling the board and the FTC that they were making progress in rolling out that program to Twitter's systems, but Zach Cow alleges that he discovered that it had been sent only a tenth of the company's projects and even then treated as optional. If Zach Cow's allegations are proven, the company could face substantial penalties potentially in the hundreds of millions of dollars, said David C. Vladek, who was the director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection at the time of the settlement. Quote, if all of that is true, I don't think there's any doubt that there are order violations, end quote. Vladek, who is now a Georgetown law professor, said in an interview, quote, it is possible that the kinds of problems that Twitter faced 11 years ago 
are still running through the company, end quote. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back here next week with another one, and I hope to see you then. Thank you.